0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners, to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. Celsius has a brand new flavor. It is the fantasy vibe. It's sparkling mandarin, mandarin marshmallow. Up my M's there. Make sure you check it out. Seven essential vitamins. No, no post-energy drink jitters. Check it out today, and also see the sparkling lemon lime. But I am your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is SR, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, we are live from Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Yeah. But we have even more than just potential Bucks draft prospects to get into. We got to talk some more offensive coordinator searches, interviews, yes. and everything else in
2: between. Because every day, there's a new interview that the That's Bucks right. are doing. And they completed two today. And you said the face that runs the place. Uh, folks don't adjust your sets don't adjust your computer screens uh we're fried this, we are burnt yeah it's not just us it's everyone that attended the senior bowl today it was not supposed to be sunny and 75 we felt like we were back in tampa uh it was <laughs> arguably the, the hottest day we've ever had at the senior bowl usually we're freezing our asses up here but and and it's usually overcast and rainy so this was a uh i would say a welcome change except for the fact that nobody wore sunscreen and i I mean nobody yeah i mean nobody in the media
0: i didn't even the only shorts i brought on this trip were just like casual lounging shorts i didn't bring any dress shorts because i figured okay i remember specifically last year coming to the senior bowl right and it was Raining, it was windy, and it Usually was freezing cold. I never thought I was going to have to wear anything else besides jeans yep. coming to the senior role. But it was a very nice surprise. It was very yep. warm. And as you said, it was just Tampa, just a little more northern than uh, typically exactly. we are used to. But uh let's get back into the offensive coaching yep. scenario that the Bucs are in right now. They completed two interviews with potential offensive coordinator candidates. One, the former the artist formerly known as the Bucks Offensive Coordinator, Todd Munkin, he completed an interview today with uh, the Bucks Brass. I believe that was a virtual one. It was, one. yeah. Yes, it was a virtual one. The other was uh, Shay Tierney, the Giants quarterback's coach, previously worked with the Buffalo Bills. So the Bucs can uh, check off a couple more boxes. They've interviewed multiple candidates now, I believe the number's at. Five or six. It's growing every yeah. single day. So um the Bucs are very busy not just looking at potential future Bucks in this year's senior bowl, but uh they're they're getting down to it quickly with the offensive coordinators because Scott, they don't only just need an offensive coordinator, they also need a quarterback's coach, a wide right. receiver's coach, and a running backs coach.
2: Yep, and an outside linebackers coach on the defensive side of the ball as well. So the interesting thing is is Todd Munkin was supposed to be in Mobile, Alabama today, which of course is where we are, and Jason Light and Todd Bowles are, but uh, I guess some some flight issues prevented Munken from coming, so that interview had to be done virtually. Now, not sure if if Shea Tierney is here in Mobile and that was done in person or if that was done virtually as well, but both of these interviews were done today. Neither Todd Bowles nor Jason Light, that we could tell, was at the first day of Senior Bowl practices, Matt. We did see John Spitek, Vice President of Personnel, uh, Player Personnel. We also saw Mike Beal was -hmm. there, uh, Byron Kiefer. So several members of the Bucks Brass were there watching the Senior Bowl practices, and we're going to have plenty of standouts uh, to talk about from both practices today, The, the national team first, then the American team. One interesting caveat, Matt, about the offensive coordinator position, The new Rooney rule is in effect, and I'm not sure if it took place this year or the year prior, but it's not just where you have to interview a minority candidate for a head coaching job. You have to interview two minority candidate positions uh, for the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Hmm. So we do know that the Buccaneers have already interviewed Keenan McCardell the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers coach, formerly with Jacksonville and also with the Washington football team. Uh, Then he was a former Buccaneer wide receiver as well. So that's how you know Keenan McCardell. So there is one minority candidate that does meet the Rooney Rule criteria for the offensive coordinator position, but they have to interview another one. I checked with the team today. Thad Lewis is a, a very highly thought of assistant wide receivers coach. We know Kevin Garber got fired. Mm -hmm. The team did keep that, Lewis. Uh, Not a surprise. He's been well thought of by Todd Bowles in the organization for some time. But they can't interview him for the offensive coordinator position. He does not satisfy that Rooney rule requirement. It has to come from outside the organization. One of the the, uh, coordinator candidates that Peter Report mentioned, that we have not heard if the Buccaneers have an interest in, though, is Brian Johnson, the Eagles quarterbacks coach. He was Kyle Trask's offensive coordinator at the University of Florida. That's right. So we don't know if Brian Johnson is going to be on that candidate list. It kind of makes sense given the fact that he he has been an offensive coordinator in the college ranks. He was Kyle Trask's quarterbacks coach. Not sure if that's enough for the Bucks to be interested, but certainly would fit that minority uh, candidate requirement. So they can't make a hire until they fulfill that requirement. And, and also not just for the offensive coordinator position now, but also the quarterback's coaching position. So we believe the Buccaneers have completed round one of these interviews. We'll mm-hmm. see if, if, if another candidate or two has to, to pop on the horizon. Uh, and we'll see, too, if they circle back around and do a second round of interviews with some of these candidates, too. Yeah, still a lot to find out whether there's going to be more
0: candidates who – passed the first test in, in terms of these interviews. And um, to go back to the Rooney rule, it, it almost reminds me of last season. Remember, teams would get comp picks for, um, you know, hiring minority coaches. And the Bucks did not get one, if if you recall. Obviously, yes. Brzezarian stepped down, but Todd Bowles, became the head coach, but because Todd Bowles was already in the organization, yeah. the box did not qualify to get. And I think a, that's a so pick. stupid. It, Matt, it doesn't really make sense. The
2: whole goal for the league, right. Is to increase the number of, of minority opportunities. And,
0: and everyone knows the box have done that more than, any, more other than any
2: other team. They've hired more African-American head coaches. They've got the most diverse staff in terms of, of having the coordinator positions being filled by, by uh, minority candidates. And for the Buccaneers to promote one of those, I mean, that's supposed to be the goal. And and I just think that was ridiculous that the Buccaneers did not get uh, a a compensatory draft pick from the league for the Todd Bowles promotion. I I think that was a wrong move by the league. And let's face it, the NFL does a lot of wrong things. So, yeah, they make a lot of mistakes, whether it's uh, rules that they have,
0: players going to the Pro Bowl that don't really deserve it. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to, they're not trying to diss Tyler Huntley right now, but Tyler Huntley is. (laughs) participating in the uh, in the pro bowl so yeah. yeah the nfl has a lot of you know issues that they need to correct yeah. uh, with their mistakes by the way we see everyone roasting us in the chat we already got roasted because <laughs> yeah, we got roasted ourselves yeah. i appreciate it i mean yeah. if you can't laugh at yourself then you yeah. know you probably don't have a good sense of humor and uh yeah yeah it's really
2: funny seeing we, we've got a new um a sponsor solar cane <laughs> Mm. No, I'm kidding, we don't. But we're, we're going to try to angle for one. Uh, but uh, let's let's get to a couple of, of the uh, the players that kind of stood out, uh, focused on the defensive line, no surprise. That's one of my favorite positions to watch. And uh, I'm going to give you um, my take on some of these. Matt, you also watched some of these players yes. as well. Then we're going to bring on other members of the Pewter Report staff to talk about some of the position groups outside of the defensive line that, that they took a look at. Uh, but one of the guys that really – stood out to me was Zach Pickens, the, the big defensive tackle from South Carolina had some really good reps. He's a big man and he, he showed off that strength today needs to play with a little bit better pad level. There were a couple reps in the one-on-ones and even in the team drills where kind of gets stood up a little bit, but what I did notice is he didn't get driven back. Even if he got stood up and, and got, you know, stalemated, it was a situation where he didn't at least get driven off the ball. And so I I was really impressed with the strength that he had a lot of really good defensive linemen um, in the afternoon on the American squad more so I think than than on the the national national team team. yeah Yeah. so for
0: just for context for everybody the national team practices first they go at 11 30 and then there's a brief brief break uh, not even a half an hour and then the American team practices and You know, it's only been one day, but I think we're kind of all in agreement. The American team has a little bit more talent, a little more excitement um, to those teams. So, uh, But still, definitely standout players on both sides. I mean, talking about defensive tackles, I know, Scott, you really liked Carl Brooks out of uh, Bowling Green and then spoke to him after practice. I thought someone else that really stood out that I wasn't necessarily looking at first, but then just kept making plays. And if you're making plays,
2: I can't help but, you know okay we are back Uh, sorry uh this is this is not our usual setup for doing the pew report podcast no this is uh we are definitely the road team this is
0: a road game for us Mm -hmm. in mobile alabama so uh we're not working with the typical wi-fi that we have in the comfort of our own home studios yeah um but yeah sorry for anybody that is wondering what the heck where are they we are back we got the internet up and running again yep. so
2: we were talking about the, the defensive line and, and uh, carl brooks from bowling green number 13 on the screen there he went from 280 pounds to 300 pounds and really i thought impressed i thought he was probably the best and most consistent defensive lineman for the national squad thomas inkum from central michigan was also a player that, that kind of caught our eye a little bit today he, he had an interesting day tyler lacy from oklahoma state was also a player that I think might be a Bucks fit that he seemed to to shine. Um, boy, I don't, I'm not going to talk much about the offense, but you can't but look at some of the offensive linemen that went up against some of these defensive linemen. And DeWan Jones. Oh, yeah. Whoa, six foot eight, massive wingspan. I think the biggest wingspan ever recorded at the Senior Bowl, right? Uh, what, what was his wingspan like? Like 17, 20 feet. It was up there. It was like one of those eye-opening, eyebrow-raising type
0: of uh, measurements. And he really looks like a man among boys out there. Like even stacked up against his own colleagues at offensive linemen. He just towers over everybody else. And I think what really, I don't want to say put him on the map, but what really got everyone talking about him today was he had a great, great rep against um, Isaiah Foskey from – Notre Dame, who obviously is is on the cover of our of our graphic today. And Fosky had a he did a good practice in his own right. He right. had a great rep early on, going one-on-one, where that you know people in the in the crowd were ooing and eyeing and and everything like that. But then he went up uh against Dewan Jones and Jones got the better of him. I mean he he tried to get to the outside, Jones stuck with him, stride for stride, and then he tried to dip, go a little bit lower, and Jones just took him. Bam! Yeah. Straight to the ground. It was uh, a great rep by Jones, and definitely something in terms. Of, it's listen. It's tough for an offensive lineman to like truly make a highlight unless it's like a pancake block. And yeah. Jones did that today. He was definitely the premier offensive lineman uh, outside, really, out of both teams today.
2: Yeah, he really had a good day. Uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt that he. Um, once he gets his hands on you, it, it's pretty much over. He's just a, a big, massive man, seven-and-a-half-foot wingspan. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a pterodactyl out there, and, and he's, he's a boss, too. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I also, too, uh, was impressed with uh, – let me see if I can get the picture here. Um, Derek Hall from Auburn. I thought he had a pretty good day, although he had this was not his best rep one up against Tyler Steen, mm-hmm. the left tackle from Alabama. And Steen actually, I thought, was was probably the best offensive lineman in the afternoon session for the American squad. Um, Derek Hall, I, I think, is, is a really, really good edge rusher. But. Uh, Built like a brick house. I mean, he looks like an NFL-ready player. You can kind of see him there. Uh, there's not much body fat in this guy. He is <laughs> hes all muscle. Um, he had a really, really good afternoon session. But Steen, I want to say, was just about undefeated with his 101 blocks and really was a bit of a sleeper. He's a player I'm going to kind of dive back in on and, and do a little bit more research on. I was not expecting him to be as as dominant as he was. And, of course, we'll see how he is tomorrow. A um, couple other players that I noticed in looking at the front seven – I was looking at the, the linebackers, especially with the American squad. The the national squad, um, Calvin Pace is, is a pretty good linebacker, but he, Matt, he came in at 5'10", mm-hmm. 229 pounds, short and squatty, and I think the Buccaneers want a little bit bigger linebacker, uh, at least a six-foot guy, and the two guys that I thought were pretty good in the afternoon session uh, – was Dorian Williams, the two-lane the linebacker who I was really high on seeing. Yes, you were. But I'm telling you, Aubrey Miller Jr. from Jackson State was was the best linebacker on the field today. At about six foot. They list him around 230 pounds. He looks like he's bigger than that. He wearing the number 45. He looked like Devin White. We said that in the car today.
0: Well, first of all, uh, you know, maybe Miller got some of the the confidence that Deion Sanders had and brought to right. Jackson State. Maybe he held on to that and brought it with him to the senior bowl. We said it on, on the car ride home. Yeah, hey, he he just looks like Devin Wayne, partially because he was wearing number 45. And um, he made a lot of he made a lot of nice plays out there was moving around today. I'll mention a couple of linebackers that I was watching today. Mm-hmm. And, and we split up a lot of the uh, the viewing sessions for pewterreports.com because we got a packed house here. Yeah, for uh, the senior bowl this year. It's the two of us. We got Josh Capo, we got Bailey Adams, and we got Adam Slavon as well. So yeah. uh, we're looking at different stuff. And, you know, I was looking at some of the corners, uh, sorry, the, the linebackers in the first practice day with the national team. And there's two guys that kind of stood out mm-hmm. for me. Uh, one of them was uh, De- DeMarvian Overshawn from Texas. Yeah. Now, um, he had a very interesting day, especially early on when they were doing linebackers against running backs and blitz pickups and Overshawn liked to really use that spin move. Yeah. Uh, the infamous Robert Mathis spin move uh, for those that know him, even though he was an edge rusher. Yeah, but he had his first rep won it cleanly, got mm-hmm. straight to the quarterback or the, the pad that plays the quarterback. His second rep tried to spin move again against a different running back and did not work. The, right. It was a little bit telegraphed. The, The running back saw it coming and was able to keep with them and and definitely won that rep. But he came back again and then tried to use his physical power, his his bull rush. And he's, again, he's a giant out there with the running backs or or going against the running backs. As a linebacker himself, he is gigantic out there. And he used those traits in uh, those matchups there. Another guy that I don't think is as much on everyone's radar, you did write about him, Mm But I've been well. You mentioned Pace before. Ivan Pace Jr. I thought uh, out of yeah. Cincinnati, he had one rep again. Go to Peter Reports Twitter. You can you can see the rep. The running back didn't even lay a finger on yeah. him. Like he moved he's a hell so quickly. Matt, I think yeah, he had he nine blitz. sacks
2: last year for the Bearcats. He's really good rushing the passer. And you mentioned Overshawn, too. Four sacks last year for Texas, and uh, I think he's a player that has the physical tools. Hasn't really put it all together yet. But I think he had a pretty good day to start things off today in, in Mobile.
0: Yeah, overall, I, I thought he looked solid. And everyone here at the Senior Bowl, they're trying to make it to the NFL, trying yeah. to get a good rookie career, a good you know first four years, five years into the league, because you want to play for that second contract. You saw right. like Carlton Davis get that big second contract. Chris Godwin got it mm-hmm. as well. And um, you know, once you get that second contract, you're making money. You want to manage it, right? And so the best people to talk to about that would be Amuni Financial. So why don't we hear a quick message from our friends at Amuni Financial.
1: At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy for you. Thank you, thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
2: How's
3: retirement treatment?
2: Oh, just fantastic.
1: I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track. So, you can still prepare for tomorrow today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead.
2: Amuni Financial, folks, there is more to just managing your money when it comes to Amuni Financial. They want to make you rich, they want to, to check all the boxes that you have, whether it's legacy planning, brokerage, and advisory services, retirement accounts college savings accounts for the kids insurance services and they want to help you plan ahead so you can stay ahead financially give it immunity financial a call 1-800-868-6864 they do more than just help people in the tampa bay area this st petersburg-based business helps floridians they help americans across the country and they've been doing it for over 40 years make sure that you get a, a financial checkup as you head into 2023 with the Muni Financial. Again, that number is 1-800-868-6864. Plan ahead and stay ahead with the Muni Financial. Visit them on the web at immuni.com. We appreciate Scott for his uh, analysis and what he saw from the Senior
0: Bowl today. We are now going to bring on one of the best people at PewReport.com. It is Josh Capo. Josh, with us on it. Let's rate, uh, let's rate Josh's burn. <laughs> One second. We're going to see Josh's burn in just a moment.
3: How bad is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <I'm> not you to see.
0: Okay. We did get a super chat as well. So I believe. Oh, there we are. <laughs> Sorry. We're dealing with technical difficulties, but we are back. That is the burn, the burn. from Definitely Josh Cape. On Kayfella. the left side. And anyway, we got a um, super chat from Bucks Basement wondering why has Monkins not been signed yet? Well, the answer to that is one, the Bucks are going to be interviewing uh, a lot of different coordinators. As we've already mentioned, Shay Tierney, Pitcher, uh, Kubiak. So a, a lot of different names in the running. Whether or not the Bucks decide to go with Tom Munkin, that's not even totally up to them as well, because Monkin has offers from other teams too, or at least you know, interviewing opportunities for Todd Munkin. He's a hot commodity at the moment. You know, he's not just, it's not just bucks or bust for Todd Munkin. So that's, uh, that's our best way of answering that one. Josh, this is your first senior bowl. It is. Overall thoughts, just being in Mobile, Alabama, and seeing practice today for the first time.
3: I thought it was a fantastic experience. Um, Not only for the players, you get an opportunity to, raise their draft stock and, and and give teams an extra opportunity to see what they can do. But obviously for us in the media to be able to give and shed a better light on what these players will be able to deliver should they be um, drafted by your favorite team, in this case, obviously the Bucks. So um, it was a wonderful experience getting to do it with all of you guys, and I'm looking forward to days two and three.
0: Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Mikey, thank you for the 4.99 super chat. Mikey says, it's that time of year again. I remember watching these senior bowl shows last year. That's right. We, I mean, PewReport.com comes here essentially every single year. We want to put out as much coverage, not just about the Bucs, but prospects that the Bucs might be drafting this year. We try to bring that out as much as we possibly can. And we always enjoy these trips. So Let's get down to business as the M&M and doctor Dre song goes. Um, let's start with the, the national team. We'll go in order of the practices that uh, they started with. And we were looking at some different things. Like I mentioned, I was looking at linebackers and corners. And, you know, Scott was looking at a lot of the defensive linemen. You were looking at more of the offensive side of the ball. And I, I know, like we said, it's not the best wide receiver class. Right. But there were a couple of, uh, of wide receivers that – I thought really stood out uh, on the national team. One of them was uh, Puka Nikoa, Nakua yep. from uh, BYU. I think he was the overall standout wide receiver today. And then another guy we really like out of Michigan State, Jaden Reed. That guy looks like he is floating on the field when he is running routes.
3: Yeah, I was I was writing up my notes, and from the national team, I think I had uh, Reed as my number one for today, and I had Nakua as my number two. And with Reed, I just put he moves different. He just really does move differently than any of the other wide receivers um, from that team. I think he was faster than everyone else. He had crisp route running. Um, just he would attack zones and just look fantastic. And I, I really think that he might have improved his draft stock. Um, the one thing that I think may have dinged him a little bit was uh, Michigan State. I think listed him at six feet, and mm-hmm. his official uh, uh, measurements here at the senior bowl, had him at, I want to say five, 10 and three quarters. So uh, for teams that do uh, look for that height aspect, he might've come off a few of their boards, um, but it wasn't for lack of what he was able to do on the field. Cause he really looked different um, with regards to the BYU kid um, Nakua. He's just, he made himself available to every quarterback that was throwing and um, and so he was getting targeted more than anybody else. I wouldn't say that he was creating a ton of separation, um, but he was using his frame. Well, he was presenting himself and he was getting a ton of targets and he was hauling in some contested catches. And I think he probably rose, uh, raised his draft stock as well.
0: And I think just to go back to Reed real quick, I mean, he had one of those, just like big plays, deep balls down the field, yep. uh, as you see on the screen here, uh, beating the Ohio state defender. Um, on that play, so he's a guy I'm. I'm very excited to watch tomorrow because that's one of the fun things about the senior ball in general, or these all-star game type of things, when all the players here, all the prospects, like they're putting in a, on an audition for GMs, front office members, coaches, things of that nature. And you know, people grow and progress in different ways. Some come out of the gate right away. You know, there's an anticipation and a pressure that uh, you're not really used to. And some guys can really just get into it instantly, while others, maybe they were pretty nervous today. But then tomorrow, they're comfortable. They kind of know the lay of the land at this point, And they will be the ones that ball out tomorrow. So that's always one of the things that I look for is consistency with the player. I'd almost rather have the consistent player for all three days of practice than someone that blew up on the scene for one practice, and then you know you didn't really hear from him over the next two. I'm curious if there's any other players on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball from the national team that uh, caught your interest this afternoon.
3: Um, one, when we got to see some of the one-on-one reps um, in the trenches uh, with the offensive and defensive line, um, I saw a couple of plays from the kid from uh, what was it, Mississippi State, I think it was, Cameron Young. I saw him win a couple reps there. So that kind of stood out to me. Um, and then I think Ronnie Bell, the wide receiver from Michigan, I wouldn't say he had a standout day. I don't think he hurt his draft stock, um, but I think he rated a little bit higher on the wide receiver list from that national team as well.
0: I noticed that we're one of the running backs, too. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a Buccaneer by any means, but um, Hull, Evan Hull. From Northwestern, he probably had, as far as like running plays go, and let's remember, like there's not a lot of contact going on. It's it's shorts and shoulder pads and everything, but he had the the big run of uh, of the game. He, he essentially would have taken it to the house if, if they didn't blow the whistle already. But it was like fifty to seventy five yards down the field. I also respect that you know he didn't always get the best blocking at times, but he was still cutting and slicing and dicing. I'm not saying he's going to be a compliment to. Uh, You know, Rashawn White, but he was one of the guys I thought was, um, you know, pretty interesting to watch out there. And, you know, Northwestern, not always known as a a powerhouse in terms of collegiate players making it to the NFL. But he was someone that I at least noticed. Um,
3: Somebody who I think really backed up the tape that they showed in college, Um, somebody who we did a profile on just last week and who has some definite ties to the Tampa Bay area was, Caillou Blue Kelly. That's right. uh, Cornerback out of Stanford. Um, So definitely showed his press man coverage uh, skills. um, That showed up really big in some of the uh, reps he had. Showed actually, I would say, a little bit better zone awareness than what I viewed on tape with him um, previously. And then I got a chance to talk to him a little bit um after the practice and talked to him about what it would be like to potentially play for the team that his dad spent most of his career with he said it was extremely exciting he was born in tampa so um he, he feels like it would be really cool to be a legacy at the deep with the bucks i thought that was pretty cool to hear him talk about that talk about todd bowles the scheme um and, and it being kind of an aggressive scheme and he's an aggressive player so it was really cool to kind of get that um uh, get that out of him and, and hear he's excited to potentially go to the Bucks because they definitely have some needs in the defensive secondary.
0: He made one play that I really liked. It, I mean, technically it was a mistake at the end because he dropped an interception, but there was one play during 11 on 11s that I liked because, listen, I mean, if you drop the ball, he knows he's got to catch the ball. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean he's going to turn into Stonehands or Carlton Davis with the amount of you know, interceptions Listen to the deal on Spotify was he was um, you know, he was covering pretty well and he saw the quarterback get ready to throw the ball and he reacted to um, he reacted to the ball before the receiver even saw it. So he was ready. He was in position to go and make the play. He just didn't fully execute it. But the mental awareness, the, the, the readiness I think I really enjoyed because it's so tough to play corner at the NFL level. And I just, I just feel if the corner can get any type of advantage and obviously athletic skill is one of them, but if a corner can find any type of way to put them on top, whether it's anticipating a play or being able to read the quarterback's eyes better than, you know, some other players, that's a trait that really sticks out to me. And that's what I saw with him um, when he was, Practicing today, and I think the interception, interceptions will still come. It's just a matter of uh, you know, putting the putting your hands on the ball and holding exactly.
3: on exactly. Yep. It. So, uh, would you like to go to the American team? Yes, now? please do. So, the American squad again. I was watching a lot of the corners and wide receivers. I think um, really two wide receivers stood out above the rest on the American squad. Um, so, the first one for me would have been Dontavian uh, Wicks, yes. a wide receiver out of Virginia six foot one and a half, 212 pounds he has great size and speed. He created a ton of separation and made some tough catches, but I think the highlight of kind of that um, uh, session was a double move he put on. And I can't remember the corner who he was with, but the, he, he got the corner to turn around on the double move and the corner didn't even realize that he was gone. And it was just the easiest touchdown in the world because there was probably about 20 yards of separation on it. Um, and then in the one-on-one press man drills, he was beating guys left and right. Um, he had a great rep. Um, I, I would say good on good because he was probably the number one wide receiver in my mind, the number one corner. Um, and Scott Scott would be very excited to hear this. <laughs> it's uh, it was Julius Brents out of uh, K State, six foot three, two hundred and two pounds. He was manhandling guys left, right, and center. And then when he went up against Wicks, it was good on good. Uh, wicks tried to throw a move on him Uh, brent stayed with him came across and actually made a pick but then turns out he actually um, committed dpi on it so you could really see both guys kind of getting into each other and it was just a really great play on both sides Um, and then the second wide receiver i don't know if he's going to be a bucks target just from his size but nathaniel dell was shaking corners left and right everywhere just creating a ton of separation grabbing the ball and yards after catch uh, the thing that may turn the bucks off to him is he's only five 5'8", 163 pounds.
0: I, I mean, you couldn't have really said it any better. And, by the way, again, follow Pewter Report on Twitter. We have a great video of Brent's, I don't want to say freaking out, but getting a little testy with the referee. Didn't like the call that went on. And to your point, Wicks making the double move towards the end zone Um that was one of those – I on the play, I happened to be – I saw the aftermath of it, but I happened to be watching the linebackers and, and, and the safeties and the running backs in that specific drill. But you just heard the whole stadium, or at least the left side of the stadium where these drills were going on, they all went, ooh. And, um, you know, it was one play after the other four wicks with that. And to your point, Nathaniel Dell, he was the guy that I think excited me the most after watching him, you know, he, you want to talk about putting players in a blender. There were a couple of cornerbacks that I don't think are in a good mood. How uh, Dell just kind of ran a rough shot on it, it, the corner. It
3: reminded me of the scene from the original Maverick movie where they're like, he went this way. We went that way. And I was, he was like, where'd he go? And I was like, where
2: do you go? <laughs>
1: it
3: really looked that way just with, with, the shiftiness that he had, his hip dexterity, just his ability to stop and start and move in different directions. It was different than everyone else who was out there. That's for sure.
0: Is there anyone else uh, that you want to talk about, back into? I want to bring on uh, Bailey and or Sly uh, on as well. And so just want to get their opinions too.
3: I think those were the guys who really stood out for me. So I'll, uh, I know um, Sly was with me a bunch for, for some of it. And I know there were some guys that he really wanted to talk about as well. So I'll give him the opportunity a little bit later and let Bailey jump on here now.
0: Awesome, Uh, stick with me for one more second. We're just gonna hear a quick message from from our friends over at
1: Age Rejuvenation.
4: As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women.
1: I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy.
4: I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt.
1: I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired
2: all the time.
4: Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives.
0: I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation, do it now, don't wait.
3: Call age rejuvenation today.
0: Now we have Bailey Adams on from pewterreport.com. Bailey, your first experience at the Senior
1: Bowl. Tell us what you think. Um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, Maybe if you guys were hoping that I would have been lucky and didn't end up sunburned, uh, sorry, I'm also sunburned. I think everybody <laughs> is. Um, you know, I was not. I was expecting a little bit more chilly weather. I think every every year in the past is falling from far. You know, I see these pictures from the Senior Bowl and it's cold. It's rainy. You can just tell everyone's like bundled up. It's rainy. It looks pretty miserable. But I was kind of missing. I, I kind of wanted that today. Yeah. I, I was thinking before, like, would I rather have it how it was last year with the
0: with the cold and the rain and everything, or do I want it how it was today? I think I'm choosing today, obviously, because you know what? We're red right now. This is going to turn into a heck of a tan, and I'm very much <laughs> looking forward to the tan that we are are going to get. But, Bailey, we talked about a lot of players so far in the senior bowl, so I'm not going to pick one team over the other with the National American um, any players that we didn't get to yet that um, really stood out to you in terms of their their play and effort on the
1: field today? You know, someone on the national squad um, from Georgia Tech, Keon White. Yes, uh, really stood out to me. Really, really active, especially early on in the day. But I think throughout the whole day, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good job. Did a pretty good job as a pass rusher. Um, really, just a guy that was was blowing by guys. Was was just it was pretty dominant at times. I thought I think the first three and in, in the first period of practice. Probably the first three plays, he had affected the play in some way. Um, so he, he was really, really good uh, in in that first practice for the national squad. Um, some of you guys talked about earlier, Bowling Green, Carl Brooks, was definitely someone who stood out, um, had a really, really good one-on-one period. Um, I, I don't know that he even really lost a rep. He was he was phenomenal mm-hmm. um, in that period. You know, And I watched more of the defense than offense, but someone that did stand out to me was Cincinnati tight end Josh Wiley, someone that I kind of want to dive into a little bit more because – um, thought he had a pretty good day himself. And and I was probably in some matchups was watching the guy that he was going up against and came away impressed with with how he was doing uh, on that side of the law. And then Thomas Enkoum from the National Squad, who's somebody you guys talked about before, uh, from that Central Michigan pipeline that Bucs like to draw from. Um, I thought he had a pretty good day. And I know he's probably more of a developmental guy. It was interesting to see. Um, he's a guy who was an edge rusher and played inside a little bit today. He, he was kicked inside, and I don't know that he necessarily has – the ideal size to be an mm. interior defensive lineman so i'm not sure if that was just something like hey let's see how this works out let's just give him a chance to prove that he can do that um but that was that was one interesting wrinkle of the day um yeah and,
0: and you spoke to in after with I the did. central michigan connection um i know luke gedeke is a little bit of a hot topic and not the best way but Uh, He was a teammate of Luke out and he wouldn't necessarily hate the idea of uh, reuniting with this teammate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, he said, he said, uh, it's funny. I actually went back and listened to it and he kind of took it as he would like to go up against him again in practice, but also it sounded like he said, I would like to dominate him where I, wherever I am. I'd like to want to run it back. Central machine, let's run it back. I'm looking forward to dominating him wherever I end up. So whether it's with the bucks and it's in training camp practices or whatever, or if it's somewhere else, he's definitely looking forward to meeting up with, Luke Gedeke again, but Gedeke is somebody who, um, I mean, I, I asked him, I said, I mean, how, how familiar with you are, with you, are you with the Bucks? Yeah. And he had said, oh, I mean, I've been watching the Bucks all the time because they took, you know, Central Michigan guard in the round. And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was going to talk to you about Gedeke. And he said, um, you know, he knows Gedeke's the same guy. He's always has been, you know, he's getting better. And that he thinks that's, that's obviously his guy, his teammate that he's going to stick up for. So. It would be uh, interesting to see if they go back to that well, the Central Michigan well again. And that's kind of what we talked about with the Bucs and Generals, that there's so
0: many different positions and and things of that nature that they can go with in in this year's draft. And one of them that I don't think we've talked about as much because they already have the golden goose there at the position with Antoine Winfield Jr., but we can't rule out them bringing in a safety in this year's draft because of what we've mentioned beforehand with, um, you know, Logan Ryan and... Mike Edwards and and Keanu Neal all uh, heading into free agency this year. So there was two safeties that I wanted to mention. Um, One from Florida state Robinson. Is it Jamie or Jamie, Jamie? I didn't, the extra M threw me off, but (laughs) I thought um, he looked really good again, early on, especially when I was really focusing in on watching him, I think in general, and you watch a lot of the, the DBs against the wide receivers. It felt so much more physical in the, uh, American practice than it did in the national practice. Just a lot of pushing a lot of, you know, hand grabbing yeah. more than five yards down the field. And I felt Robinson, uh, kind of fell into that category. So it was one of those, if the ref will allow it, yeah, things will look good for him. Um, the other one was the Georgia safety, uh, Chris Smith. I thought he, again, very physical going up against big targets, had enough speed to stay with running backs and tight ends. Won a lot of his matchups against the tight ends, especially when when it's a slower guy. He was, you know, taking so much advantage of the speed differential there. That's why Georgia is a powerhouse and won the last two <laughs> uh, national championships.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny you say that. But it did feel more physical, and I think part of it is just the I don't know. if it's a stereotype or what it is, but it's just you know, you get some of those SEC guys and and on the American squad, you get SEC, ACC, like these guys are probably guys that are pretty familiar with each other. Um, and, yeah, there was definitely some some of that physicality to it in the second practice.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, you're always interested in watching your LSU guys. Well, you are a UCF guy, but you also like LSU. Yeah. Uh, so you've been talking a lot about them this week, but doesn't
1: get better than SEC football. Yeah, it? absolutely not. Yeah, and you know, we saw some of those LSU guys, like Jay Ward was out there. I know you talked to Jay Ward. Yeah. Uh, Allie Gay is a pass rusher out there. Um, you know, I didn't see a ton from Allie Gay, um, but, you know, couple days left. We'll see if, if there's anybody else, especially, I don't know. I, I like watching these edge rushers, especially with where the Bucks are right now at that position.
0: Yeah, and still a lot more to um, get into. So uh, before we wrap up the show, we do want to hear from Sly, Adam Slavon as well. But first, want to remind everybody that Celsius has a variety of flavors. You heard me talk about the fantasy vibe earlier, but don't forget about the Arctic vibe as well, the Peach vibe, tropical vibes, an assortment of different flavors. It's the healthy version of an energy drink. Go to the store locator, punch in your address, and find out where you can get a Celsius energy drink. Um, Whether you want to go to your local bodega or a convenience store, check out Celsius. And then if you want to buy it in bulk, get the variety pack, the variety is the spice of life. Um, Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save and um, have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two, or three weeks. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Adam joins the show now. Adam, there was a little bit of news um, during the, the um, during practice today. Unfortunately, Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh uh, went down with an injury. Trainers were, you know, being looked at, or trainers were looking at him. I should say, and turns out there's a tweet later on from Tom Pellicero that says, Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh, who left the senior bowl practice after getting twisted up, trying to grab a loose ball, just had a bad cramp in his calf. He won't return today, but good news on one of the draft's top running backs. That's great news. We were worried, you know, as soon as he went for his knee, that's obviously a very serious injury that um, you hate to happen at all, but especially – know in in this type of environment so good thing it's just a cramp for um kenny mcintosh but adam you were in mobile alabama you don't look as fried as the rest of us hey so uh worked out there um in your first senior bowl your experience uh who were some of the players that stood out for you i know we talked about a certain princeton wide receiver that yeah um you know had his imprint on the day but just curious to get your thoughts
4: yeah, so if I were to break down the American team and national team in just a couple words. For the American team, I would say a lot of playmakers, both at wide receiver and cornerback. And then looking at the national team, a lot of guys, it was kind of like trench warfare between the offensive line and defensive line. A lot of tough Midwest guys. One guy that stood out to me on the national team was Cody Mock Yes. Uh, from North, North Dakota State. 6'4", 300 pounds. He... Mostly played at left tackle in college, but today he was at left guard, and it showed he was versatile along the line, and he can really match up anywhere. One rep that stood out to me was him going up against Wisconsin nose tackle Keanu Benton. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bucs already have a nose tackle in Vita Vea, but uh, Benton's really good at run stuffing. And if they look to move from move on from Hicks, Benton could be an option as he continues to develop as a pass rusher. Uh, from the national team, we already mentioned Nakua, the wide receiver from BYU. Yep. He had a solid day and it wasn't just quarterback Jaron Hall, his college teammate throwing to him. He displayed he really caught everything and mm-hmm. looked like a really solid slot receiver or a guy the Bucks could target to be like a number four or five as they have to replenish the receiving room somewhere. By the way,
0: the quarterback play nothing really to uh you know hit home about the quarterbacks uh uh, they won't be going top five no <laughs> any, any the guys. maybe round five yeah
4: around seven yeah maybe
0: round <laughs> five not pick number five
4: the guy from shepherd tyson badgen
0: yep. a lot
4: of velocity on his throws and of all the quarterbacks he probably stood out the most for that reason but even he struggled with accuracy issues and there isn't really a quarterback that really stood out today
0: yeah the, the There were times like, especially watching wide receiver versus corner and a little bit with the 11 on 11, but there were times like the wide receiver got open down the field and there was just a throw out of bounds or, you know, a little little too far into the end zone. So uh, the quarterbacks definitely did not help out the wide receiver. And understandably, there's going to be the miscommunication, chemistry type of idea because, you know, you're getting players from all different conferences parts of the country and they're playing together for the first time and probably only time yeah and you, you got to get uh, you know a season's worth of chemistry down in three four days and go and play a game so
4: that's really difficult to do and mentioning the receivers so the Princeton guy Andre Iosovius, I believe that was pretty good yeah. yeah really one catch that stood out was in the red zone he caught it and you heard a lot of cheers from the crowd as a red zone guy with his frame standing at 6'2, really uses that frame. Well, one issue that he had was separating another guy that struggled with a similar, similar way was Xavier Hutchinson from mm-hmm. Iowa state, both the guys in the press man drill. We talked about Julius Brent's really locking them up. Neither guy really stood out. Maybe as they get more comfortable along with the quarterbacks in the coming days, they can do better. And then Uh, miami corner tyreek stevenson Mm -hmm. besides brents was probably the second most physical corner out there standing at six foot one before this didn't really have the best tape coming in but really put together a good showing today and one other member in the secondary was alabama safety demarco helms yeah so alabama has three safeties that'll likely be drafted including helms Mm -hmm. you have brian branch who's really versatile and is a really Solid playmaker on all levels in the Alabama defense. And then also Jordan Battle. But Helms today, he had an interception he against did. TCU's Max Duggan. And he's
0: another guy that could be an option down the board for the Bucs. uh Pittsburgh linebacker uh, Servosia Dennis also had an interception. So uh, some plays being made by the defense for the American team in the senior bowl. I think with the exception of like the standout wide receivers we talked about, it was definitely more of a day that was – won by the defense, uh, just in my opinion. But uh, a lot of great competition, a lot of fun uh, talent to watch, not just today, but for the coming weeks. So make sure you go to pewterreport.com. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. And um, one player we didn't mention is Spears, the, uh, the running back out of Tulane. I know Scott Reynolds is a huge fan of him. Um, He was making some of the highlight plays today at at the the running back position. Uh, Eric Gray as well was uh, making some plays while uh, practice was going on. So a lot of guys that we got to talk about, a lot of guys that we are writing about and we will continue to as well as the week goes on. So make sure you go to pewterreport.com to get all the content from the Senior Bowl and the offensive coordinators that we will continue to talk about during the week please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. If you like the podcast that we do, if you like all the clips that we cut from you know, various press conferences and, and practices and everything else in between, um, just do us a favor, hit like and subscribe. Uh, helps us with our algorithm, helps us get our numbers up, and we want as many people to know about pewterreport.com as possible. And, of course, our social media at Pew Report on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But that's going to do it for us. Tonight, for the whole Pewter Report squad, we say thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.